welcome to another episode of the Dip Pop Podcast. My name's Nick, and as always, I'm joined with Ben and Dylan. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Um, I guess we'll talk about the most recent thing that happened, and uh, it'll be Vander Kane signing with the Edmonton Oilers, which is obviously Dylan's favorite team. And I believe we talked about the possibility of him signing with the Oilers last episode. We got uh, Dylan's opinion on it, then me and Ben kind of gave our two cents on it. So, Dylan, now that it's happened, how do you feel about it? Uh, I'll take a top six forward for basically free. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's a one-year deal. There's, like, no risk. He's got a no-movement clause, but, like, honestly, who cares? Um, Yeah, like, they're able to fit him under the cap. Um, hopefully if he comes in and he kind of plays like he was when he was in San Jose, I have, I don't really have any issue with it. My issue would be if the, if the off ice stuff starts kind of leaking into the, into the team, um, if that stuff starts coming out publicly again, then I think that's a distraction that they don't really need. And then, uh, yeah, like. He's been talked about as like a locker room cancer and stuff. Like there's the incidents in uh, Winnipeg and whatnot. And then obviously something must have happened in San Jose more so, I think, than what we've heard like in the reports. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's for definitely to, hidden. Yeah, for them to like just so quickly kind of ax him like that. So it does mm-hmm. seem like a little bit like fanning the flames. Like I don't, I wouldn't call the Oilers locker room stable. So. I think that's the biggest risk. But if he can come in and put up like I don't know, fifteen, twenty goals, I got nothing nothing wrong with that. Oh, that's that's perfect for your team. Especially when like since Zach Hyman has slowed down. Um and like your bottom six forwards have all been less you know, not, not contri- contributing as much as they should be. Um, like other teams have. And yeah, I think he'd just slot in with either McDavid or Drysail on either top two line, and hopefully he can uh, take some of the workload off those players. Even though we've been saying that for every year since McDavid and Drysail have came into the league, that we got to take the workload off these players. And no matter how many players you bring into um, the Oilers, it just doesn't seem like it's enough to, you know, take them off. Their radar off other teams' radars for half a second. Yeah, he he could be like a legitimate like thirty goal guy. Like we we've, we've talked about before. Like you know, Hyman could come in and maybe be he could maybe be a thirty goal guy. Um, Puliyarvi could turn into a thirty goal guy. I thought that um, that was this his year this year. I thought that would have been his like kind of coming out party, and be able to you know submit himself on that either top line or second line where he can just be in front of the net and score goals like tip-ins and um, dirty rebound goals and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that's perfect for him. He just hasn't really got that, uh, got that down yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's still growing. He's still developing. He's oh, he doesn't grow anymore. He's like 60. What is he? Like <laughs> six, five. Like he's huge. <laughs> yeah. He's big. Uh, like he's got 10 goals on the year. So he's not having a bad year. 
Um, but like, this is a guy who, who's done it before. Like he's, he's put up 30 goals before probably would have done it the last two years if they weren't shortened. Um, and he did all that, like, despite some of this, these distractions and off ice incidents. So I think if there's a good supports in place for him, I don't see why he wouldn't thrive as long as he, I guess I would hope that he's in like game shape and stuff. Cause he hasn't played much he played a little bit in the ahl yeah like usually usually nhl teams do like conditioning stints down in the ahl but if they send him down to the ahl now kind of pointless like you need him now like you can't hopefully yeah Yeah. like you said he's in game shape and then well he um, played um i think he played six games in the ahl yeah like seven points yeah he had eight points he had or no he played five games sorry he had two goals six assists so i mean that's obviously a step below the NHL caliber. But yeah. But when you look at like NHL, other, but... you look at other, uh, like other teams and like they send their goalies down there and they get absolutely demolished. I think it's based on like, cause it's a lot easier to possibly put up points in the AHL if you are a seasoned veteran in the NHL, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But like, if I'm going to say like with goalies and stuff like that too, I guess it might just be a little bit different. Um, also with the Evander Kane, we, I, we were about to, we were watching the press conference uh, just before we hopped on here. Um, hopefully he's a good fit. That's all I can hope for the Oilers because, like, yeah, now you got a, at least a guy that can get into your forward group, and now you need to focus more on trying to get a goaltender immediately. Yeah. That's a that's a top tier um, on your list. You need a goaltender. And there's a lot of goaltenders out there that are, you know, um, that can be picked up, like Holtby or uh, Vanacek. Uh, on the Athletic, actually, did he? He wrote a small article, kind of like with the Oilers' offensive depth. Now, they maybe have a piece or two that they could move. Um, like, does Jesse Pugliarvi become expendable? I don't know. Kyler Yamamoto, he's a guy maybe you look to move. If you need to bring in other pieces, Warren Vogel. Um, and one idea that he proposed was moving Puliyarvi for somebody like Swayman in Boston. Wow, that's a. You'll have to try and piece that one together pretty good. Like, that needs to be the most perfect trade to get Swayman out of Boston. Because, yeah, he might be frustrated in Boston because now he just got sent back down to Providence. Because uh, Tuka Rass signed his deal last week. But he's definitely going to be either the backup next year. We don't know how long Tuka Rask is going to play in the, in the near future, right? He might. This might be it. This might be the last time he's playing. And I just feel like that could be a good idea. But to lose another one of your forwards, like Puyarvi, or a goalie yeah, that I don't know might if not Puyarvi's stay is the enough. guy that I would want to move. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, I find that he's he's not the guy that I would move. Maybe Kaylor, like you said, Kaylor Yamamoto would probably be the guy I'd want to move, or Fogel. But you'd already traded. You got to get fair fair value for Fogel because you traded for you know you traded a defenseman away for that guy, right? So yeah. It's, yeah. If I had to move somebody, I, I think screen. it would be. I think Yamamoto's kind of been maybe bumped out of that top six. Um, yeah. Spot that he had before. If you can move him and maybe package him with 
they said they don't want to move their first, but if they packaged him with a first round pick and maybe some other stuff, maybe you, you look at like um, in Seattle, if you could get Grubauer or um, Drieger. Or, or Drieger, yeah. They've both been having very poor seasons um, statistically. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. I, I just want to go back to the Evander Kane thing here quick. Um, Nick, what do you with, think of the Evander oh, Kane? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. Do you want to do you want to weigh in on that or <laughs> just sitting quietly? Honestly, y'all were just having a good conversation. I didn't want I didn't want to ruin it, but um, I think I think I talked about it like with the potential on our last podcast. I, I think if he can just come in and not like. Um, not ruffle any feathers with the organization and the players and the staff. I think it definitely can work out like pretty well. Like Evander Kane is a great hockey player. Like he's a top six forward. He was a great player when he played with the Sharks in the 2020 COVID season. Um, I just, I just now think that that they got Kane. They don't really need to worry about uh, like trading for depth scoring anymore they pretty much got that for nothing like dylan said earlier pretty much gone for nothing um yeah now they can just solely focus on either uh beefing up their defense if they want to but i still think like you guys that they need to focus more on goaltending like i've i've honestly seen some uh some writers for like the athletic and then like sportsnet they've said that they should go after Merz lincoln's in columbus I'm like, mm. I love Mars Lincolns. I've seen them like, on, yeah, I think he's been on your list for a while. Yeah. I love his vibe. I love, I just think his personality would fit in really well being like I've, a young guy. The biggest ones that I've seen is like, as like recently is like, um, is like Mars Lincolns and then like Holpe and then like Flurry. I'm like, Flurry is kind of that's you're gonna need to give up a lot for Flurry. I feel like I feel like Chicago is gonna. They're gonna take like literally the best offer that they can get for Flurry. With sorry, with Flurry too, there's no guarantee that he's playing next year either. Yeah, really. So no, he, why, he's got a no trade clause too. Yeah, yeah so he needs do to. Do you really think that Canada is like all of Canada is on that list? I assume it's on that list. Probably that he's not going to. And then I feel like the only place that he would be going to is a contender. I'm saying that the Oilers are never not a contender, but I think I feel like Pittsburgh's the only place he would want to go. Pittsburgh <laughs> or like Colorado or something like that. No, it's, well, somewhere where he knows he's going to get playing time. But I feel like also, does Pittsburgh really want him with Jari playing so well? I don't know. I mean, you could probably give up to Smith pretty quick. Yeah, but that's the else. other thing. That's and the other thing. Rodriguez. Do they do they want to give up to Smith though? I think he would be okay coming in knowing he's the backup. Yeah. Like coming back to Pittsburgh just to be like That's Flurry, what he was. Yeah, with, with the guys but the pro- again. But the problem is with Flurry being the backup is that he was never told that he was going to be the backup the last two times that he was the backup. Yeah. Won Stanley Cups when they won Stanley Cups. So if you tell him that he's going to be the backup and maybe he'll be more in tune to that, maybe he'll want to do that. I don't know. It's it's an interesting. I I think a reunion would be sweet, especially be, before uh, Latang possibly leaves at the end of the season as well. Yeah, but I, 
one quick thing I saw today about the Penguins. They, I saw like Malkin will take a pay cut to stay on the team, but Latang wants like a big pay raise apparently. Yeah, he's like thirty five. <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, wait, why do you need a pay raise when you've been in the league for like what four, fifteen seasons now, fourteen seasons now, and you're thirty five? That's just because he hasn't decided to leave the team yet, possibly. But to wrap, sorry, to wrap all this up, the whole reason why Evander Kane got to sign with the Oilers yesterday was because the NHL stopped pursuing uh, his, uh, well, the investigation that they started with him crossing the border illegally. Um, they said that conclusively find, they can find that Mr. Kane knowingly made misrepresentations regarding the, his COVID-19 status or test results in connection with his international travel. And as a result, the league did not determine not pursue any additional uh, disciplinary actions. So I'm going to assume he's vaccinated now. You, you would hope. Because he's playing, he's going to be playing half of these games in the States. So like, I can't see why they would. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, know. I, I don't think. I think... I think they would have to English. disclose that information. I think they would have to disclose that information if. Uh, I mean, he's he's also playing for a Canadian team now. Like, I feel like just that he kind of has to be vaccinated. Yeah, like I just kind of assume he is. Like, I know he had the whole va- the fake vax card or whatever. Like, I would assume the Oilers were like, "You're vaccinated, vaccinated? right?" Like, they haven't yeah. made this. They haven't signed him, and then they're like. Like finger gun him, like are you vaccinated? You're vaccinated, right? (laughs) He's like, oh no, no, I'm not. And they're like, oh, he's just like, yeah, sure, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, definitely. He takes the Aaron Rodgers approach and goes, I'm immunized. (laughs) I'm the greatest human being that's ever been created. I don't need no vaccine. Nothing can kill me. Yeah. He um. His agent, Dan Milstein, was on the radio today on Sportsnet Radio, and he was asked, basically, the agent was asked, why did Evander choose Edmonton? He was at, and he, was, he, he gave a long story of how they had plenty of other teams interested, and it came down to the two, which I think were Washington and Edmonton. Yeah. And... <laughs> He he kind of, I think, tried to be nice and say, like, well, we had a great meeting with Ken Holland and Dave Tippett, and he talked to Connor and yada, yada, yada. But what it really sounded like it came down to was, like, you're going to play with Connor McDavid, so do you want to play with Connor McDavid? Like, okay. I mean, who wouldn't want to play with Connor McDavid, though? Well, it kind of yeah. reminds me of the Tyson Berry situation, where it's like... <laughs> really, that's the exact same. Here's a guy, here's a guy who kind of got run out of town a little bit, Not comes to Toronto? Edmonton... Yeah, like Tyson Berry got kind of run out of Toronto. Comes to Edmonton to like rebuild his reputation, puts up some points to earn himself a big contract. And I wonder if that's what Evander Kane, what's kind of going through his mind. If he can come to Edmonton, put up, I don't know, 15, 20 goals. There's still half the season left. So if he could put up 15, 20 goals, and then in the off season, maybe some teams are a bit more sympathetic and they're like, okay. Yeah, we'll give you we'll give you a three or a four year contract. Oh. Yeah, so with the I, I understand the whole Tyson Berry thing. Because I am a Leaf fan. I just don't talk about him very much. So really? all the Leafs do now are just blow leads and then 
somehow win in shootouts. Yeah, I know, right? Holy crap. And uh, with Tyson Berry, the whole reason why he kind of got run out was because they traded Nazem Kadri for him. And I think the Leafs also got Alex Kerfoot in that deal. Yep. And I love Alex Kerfoot. And Nazem Kadri's having a career year. I know that. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus. you know, you know, and I know that there's no way that he could be in Toronto still because he probably would have got suspended last year, which he did last year, but in Toronto and then possibly screwed us over for a third time. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't really know the outcome because we still they still lost. So <laughs> him being there or not being there didn't matter. He still blew it. But yeah, so I feel like Tyson Berry just had a lot to live up to in Toronto, which we put a lot of pressure on, you know, the high profile trades. And um, I think, yeah, you just got run out because they were like, we traded Nazem for you. And then I had to get out. The pressure mm-hmm. cooker. Yeah. Can't say I would want to play in Toronto either. <laughs> Maybe oh. any of these. After the whole Jim Matheson, Edmonton, mm-hmm. Leon Dreisaitl thing, I don't think I'd want to play in any Canadian We didn't even get to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Why are you could. so pissy? <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. <laughs> like, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, you're not. No, I'm not. He can answer the question however he wants to answer the question. Well, I read too. I can't remember who said it, but that wasn't the first question that he was asked. He was asked like, like over the course of like the last week, Leon has been asked like basically the same question. What's going on? Why, why are they losing? Why are you guys losing? Why aren't you guys winning? Why are you losing? And he's just like, I'm sick of answering the same damn question every single time you ask it. (laughs) You know what's crazy also about that uh, that press conference with uh, Le- uh, Leon is Jim Matheson got to ask two more questions after that little scuffle argument. Yeah. And who is supposed to be there to stop it from getting to the point of somebody saying, why are you so pissy? Or in any sort of way, like <laughs> telling him, why are you being an asshole? But... Yeah, I get I get why Leon's frustrated, but I also get what Jim Matheson's saying, like, why are you being like that? But it's like, I, I have to respect you as much as you have to respect me. That's only fair. It seems but, like an unprofessional thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, being, but, but poking the bear repeatedly and being like, hey, why are you losing? Why are you losing? Why are you losing? Maybe it was and then like, you go, a, I don't know. Maybe it was like a big brain strategy, because I think ever since then, they won three straight. Yeah, so I was just going to bring that up. Actually. That could be the TSN turning point of the season. <laughs> Jim Matheson all along was like, aha, see, I told you. Now he's going in there and being like, oh, why are you guys winning? You think about we, that? Why are you pissy? Because we You're put, winning. Because we, we put puck in the net more than the other team do. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Your best Leon impression? I don't know. I haven't. I've never. I haven't heard him recently talk. He talks fine. He can speak English. <laughs> yeah, I know he can speak English. Jesus. So yeah, unfortunately, that came at the one of those wins came at the hands of the Canucks. Um, that was a good game, though. To be fair, I 
I really ooh. that penalty, that crossing penalty, Ekman Larson on McDavid. Holy, that was weak. And Dylan, I know it's your favorite team, but if you saw the cross checking penalty, holy crap! I, I think even you would say that was not a penalty. It was a little soft, but a I little. Say, <laughs> I don't think that game is nearly as close as the score would show. No, they had fifty shots. And yeah, the Oilers had fifty shots against freaking Spencer, Spencer Martin. Martin. Spencer Martin. Yeah. I so no-name goalie so, has the game of his life. I was so oh. mad that he didn't win that game against... Uh, who did they play first? I think it was St. Louis. No, they played and, the Oilers first and then St. Louis. No, but Spencer Martin played a, a game before the Oilers, and I can't remember what it was, who they played. And they lost in a shootout. That was... Oh, wait. There oh, no, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. I am oh, so it was it Florida? Up. It was Florida. It was. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He yeah, had was, at that it point. Was, it was Florida? the Panthers, yeah. Okay, at that point, he hadn't played an NHL game since 2017. Yeah, five years. Was he always in the minors, or did he get like bumped around all over the place? Because I always, when I was watching that game, I was like, "Wow, he is." And like the Avalanche still had those like burgundy old jersey like the older jerseys back in 2017 he, i'm like oh my god how old is this and i look at the timestamp, and i'm like oh my god well he's he's played like i think i saw how many ahl and echl games he played and it was like well over like 200 he played like 128 with one team and then he played like a, a couple with like bunch of different teams but like he's played a bunch of games they're just not like nhl games and on all the nhl games that he played before he either lost in regulation or he lost in overtime but even up until this year his numbers in the ahl aren't even good yeah they're not even they're not any <laughs> like, spectacular goals against of three and like a save percentage under 900 so yeah. well, whoever the canucks goalie coach is like Ian Clark. Metal. yeah ian clark needs Ian Clark was <laughs> Ian Clark was this is this was why we brought in Holtby because we had Ian Clark and Ian Clark was a goaltending coach when Holtby uh, won or not won the Vesna but he was a Vesna caliber uh, goalie in 2018 when the Capitals won the Cup and then we brought Ian Clark in I think after that year and he's made Demko into a quote unquote Vesna caliber goalie if he was on a better team uh, and then. Yeah, that's why we brought in Holtby in the 2020 COVID season because we were like, oh, we're, we're going to revitalize Holtby's career because we have Ian Clark. Yeah, no, team, whole team shit. So, too bad. Yeah, Spencer yeah. Martin, when I was really nervous when he played against Florida, I'm like, oh, Jesus, Florida is like the best team in the league and the Canucks are not the best team in the league, so this should be fun. And But Spencer Martin looks like... He looks like an NHL goalie. Like, he doesn't look like a goalie that hasn't played a lot of NHL games. He looks, he never, he never looks flustered. He never, like, doesn't know what he's doing. He never, like, does those rookie mistakes that he does. I, I just, I was really surprised by him. And he's played really well over the, whatever, three games he's played. And he finally got the win last night against the Jets, which I was super happy about because he played another really, really good game, too. I know I don't want to go back to the Oilers, but I watched that game against Florida. And I was so shocked that they didn't win that game. 
And it ended up being 6 nothing to Florida. But that game against uh, the Flames as well was they started the same way that they did uh, against the Panthers. And even though the Oilers were down 2 nothing, they came back and ended up winning, I think it was, what, 5-3 or was it 6-4? Yeah, 5-3. 5-3? 5-3, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, just, just goaltending. You guys just need... Yeah, you need just, that number one. Yeah. You need that guy. You need that... There's some guys out there. They just got to... They got to be willing to pay the price. Eh? It just seems like the Washington Capitals want to give up both of their goalies. They don't want to have any goalies. Like Samsonov, Samsonov's up there. Vanacek's up there. Like what about uh, Gorgiev? I've been in the that. talk for oh, damn it. That's four the other years. one I saw. He's, he's yeah. really always mentioned because it's a backup goalie that doesn't get the same amount of time as like Shesterkin. He's behind like they're behind a number one goalie, mm-hmm. right? So it's we don't actually know how good he's actually playing. And he's only the 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 size of you know however many games a handful of games that he's played. It's just Durkin's twenty and four, right? So he could be really good for you guys, but he's not a like number one goalie. He could turn into one, but it's willing. It's when you yeah. guys want to risk the you know risk versus reward. Well, I mean, like if you don't do that, then I think that's how you can kind of get a guy a little bit cheaper. Like mm-hmm. if you don't do that, then you're gonna have to pay pay big bucks for a guy who's already established. And if he's already established as a number one, unless the team is in a position that they are willing to rebuild and sell, there's no reason for them to to give up their their guy. Like a part of me was hoping Anaheim wouldn't be good; they'd be terrible this year. Give up John Gibson. Gibson. <laughs> John Gibson can be had, but obviously there's. He's probably untouchable now. Oh yeah, he played uh, against Toronto the other night, and he they lost in a shootout, but he definitely saved their their ass a little bit. So we're gonna move on to uh, the Olympic roster for Team Canada that just came out the other day. Um, I know Nick was really excited to talk about this, so I'll let him start about it. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say excited. I'm just more so like there's a team. I think, well, yeah, there's a team, team full of and guys. there are some there are some players that <laughs> there are some players on here that like obviously we that like we know because like obviously like Eric Stahl's on here who's like the only I guess real quote unquote NHL player on there because like obviously guys like Owen Power, Mason McTavish, and Devin Levi are Dan Winnick's on there. Oh yeah, and Josh Hosang, Jordan Jeez. Wheel, <laughs> David oh, I guess, Desharnay. I guess Jason oh, Demers. Yeah. Demers was on an NHL team last year. Demers played NHL hockey once before. He's good, right? Well, like, I'm saying like more recent <laughs> NHL experience. Yeah, I think. Fair. I think. Like I have, I obviously haven't looked at any of the other Olympic rosters except for the China team because it just came out today. It was just like, you know, like holy crap! I don't uh, the, like obviously I don't recognize any of their players. I was like, holy crap! But um, I don't know. I feel like the, the oh yeah, Adam Cracknell. Holy, I haven't seen that name in a while. Um, but like I feel like. Like, yeah, this team could do something. Like, this could be, like, really good experience for the younger guys like Devin Levi and Owen Power and Mason McTavish. Um, 
I don't know. Like, obviously, I said I haven't seen any of the other rushes, but I feel like they have as good a chance to win the gold medal as any other team without NHL players being there. With these young guys going in there, like, yeah, like you said, McTavish and... I mean, Josh Hosang's not even old. He's 96. Yeah, no, he's like 25 or 26, yeah. He just has had a rough time with uh, the NHL, and the fact that he's on the team after not being named to the World Junior Team, I think, in his year, and that was a big uh, dust-up between him and Hockey Canada. I think that's great, because he's been lighting it up in AHL this year, scoring some unbelievable goals. And uh, maybe this will be the chance for him to break out and maybe the Leafs or another team will sign him to an NHL deal and <laughs> like really that that's what can happen right he, he just needs an NHL deal right now he's on an AHL deal yeah um, but also maybe he wants to stay in the AHL until he know he's ready to um, branch out yeah I'm excited the Olympics are literally next week it feels like it, it it's really close mm-hmm um, and I'm also excited to watch so many hockey games in the month of February because it's going to be an absolute mess. <laughs> the rescheduling of all these games and like the Leafs have only played. Like, I'm so bored during the week because I only get to see like maybe like one Leaf game a week. It feels like. It's, it's just annoying. Like uh, you watch all these other teams playing three or four times a week and the Leafs get two games. Like one on Wednesday and one on Saturday, and it's like, wow, this is this is like when you go play house league hockey. You practice then, and then you play the game here. Annoying. So I just pulled up the 2018 Olympic, the men's God. like Team Canada roster, just to compare. No, because <laughs> I, I I don't hate the roster. Like obviously, got to work with what you have, <laughs> which is not the NHL guys. So I think they kind of lucked out with like having Eric Stahl there because he's not surprisingly not signed by any NHL team. Um, well, on on this web, on the Hockey Canada website it says he's with Iowa, but we know that he was released from his PTO. So right now he's not on team. So he's so he's not on like an NHL roster. Mm-hmm. We're like collecting an NHL paycheck. But like I like how they are kind of leaning into some of the young guys, like Owen Power and um, Mason McTavish, Devin Levi, um, and Devin Levi and Net. Compared with like the 2018 roster, where they had a couple of not even really, they had a couple guys. That was an old team. That was an old team. <laughs> yeah, like this is this is who was on that team. Like it's a bunch of guys where it was like, oh yeah, I remember him. Like. Wojciech Wolski, Gilbert Brule, Derek Roy, Chris Kelly, Rob Klinkhammer, Klinkhammer, Brandon Cozen, Quentin Howden, Rene Bork. What do you mean they, they had? They had the Andrew legendary. Ebbett. They had the Edmonton Oilers legend Ben Scrivens in net. They did, yeah. Just, <laughs> and Justin Peters. <laughs> yeah. Maxim Lapierre was on this team. Oh I hell yeah! That, I hated legend. that guy so much. <laughs> Canucks legend. My entire childhood was hating Maxime Lapierre so 2011 much. 2011 freaking Stanley Cup finalist. And Mason Raymond, too, on the same Canucks team. Yeah. Let's go. Holy crap. Yeah, like Mason, Mason Ray, Raymond another Mason legend. Raymond, Mason Raymond and uh, Wolchek Wolski oh, were 
fantastic in that tournament. Hell yeah, they were. I think this 2022 Olympic team will fare better than the 2018. The average age of this team was 31 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Talk about an old team. Holy. That's hilarious. I'm not surprised by that, though. It's just we didn't have a good selection. So, I mean, maybe this year we'll have a better chance. Like, we we have a pretty... We have a pretty easy group, but we do have the states. I think the states no, have slim pickings too. I think. Yeah, they yeah. the only really players that they have is Maddie Beniers and then uh, is Jake Sanders. Sanders. Jake Sanderson. Yeah, Jake Sanderson. He's really yeah. good. Their goalies are dog. Like they're horrible. They're only I, NHL already. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's because like every single good goalie for the Americans is, is in the NHL. Pretty much. Spencer Knight, freaking. Hellebuck, Gibson, Demko, Demko. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be. It'll be Russia again, probably in the final. Oh, or, sorry, the, the ROC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they're never going to actually be called the you know the non the Russian Olympic Committee ever again because they're always going to be called that because they always somehow cheat in the Olympics. So because they're I get it because they're freaking roid heads. <laughs> I remember the last Olympics, they got caught cheating and curling. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, oh, man. How do you cheat? <laughs> like, it's because they're on roids. They're like, oh, I got to get the rock down there like a second faster. More spin. Oh, my God. Get spikes in their shoes or something. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> you freaking cheated and curling. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's funny. I said okay. before that I probably wasn't going to watch much of this Olympic tournament, but I might check um, out yeah. some of the games just to see like Owen Power again and Mason McTavish. I want to. I actually want to see. I want to see Devin Levix. He was damn good in the World Junior Tournament when he played. Mm-hmm. He was really good that tournament. I just want to see how you do. Go- I, don't, I don't even know who the other goalie was, like the backup for that World Junior I, Tournament, because Devin Levi played every single game. They played. He pretty much. Devin Levi played every single game that wasn't like that pre-tournament, like that whatever they call it, the pre-tournament like warm-up game or whatever. When the goalie, when they when they play all three goalies in each period, like it's yeah. freaking minor like hockey. It's pre, like it's a preseason hockey game. When or like minor hockey, when you have two goalies and get you your play, reps in. you play one for the first period and then half of the second, and then halfway through the second period, you switch goalies. Like that's the yeah, they bring out a player. The world. They, they stick a player in net because that's so, the, the so stupid. Yeah. I just want to say, you guys think our logo looks like a turkey's butt? I know this has been a long time coming, but do you not think it looks like a turkey's ass? I think, I think the color scheme, I like it. Like I like the, uh, like the, pattern i don't know i don't know about the logo though that logo is a little weird i don't know about what do you say it looks like a turkey's butt i don't know it looks like that. the fan of a of a turkey and then yeah it's the greg wasinski said a while ago and i'm like every time i see it now i just can't stop looking at it like that I'm like that looks i really wish we could just use hockey canada but i know it's used as a it's a marketing yeah. tool you can't have and corporate it, logos corporate corporate logos even though the united states says their logos all the time and it's oh it's still the usa though i think what's the difference they should like do throwbacks like go back to like the 80s and the 90s like when back when like they didn't care about marketing and all this crap like they just they were just like just come up with a cool logo for team canada 
like okay you don't cool. even need to you don't even need to change the logo that often the it one in 2010 was perfect the one in 2010 was amazing yeah. but the problem is is that it was made for like vancouver like the, right so it had yeah, like the, the uh yeah like the native art inside of it so it's a little um a little bit harder but i mean you could do something like that like do you remember 2004 with like the old canada leaf and it just had like team canada on the inside it was really nice the yellow one at the World Cup of Hockey? <laughs> not well, the logo, not the jersey. <laughs> yes. It, I like I, that I, they wear black because in like the Mighty Ducks movies, all of the evil teams wear black. <laughs> ah, we're the evil team. Yeah, but we were never featured in any movies because we win all the time. So, well, because they knew like, ah, oh, this it's not realistic if Canada's not in this. <laughs> yeah, you know that's just that makes sense. It's I'm annoying. surprised they never had a Canadian character. Like, why didn't they, like, do that? This this is the one I, I just sent you it, guys, but this is the one I was talking about. Like, it's so basic and so fine. Oh, yeah, that one was cool. Like, why don't we just have that one? What's wrong with that one? Just stop making it look ridiculous. Oh, we have to change it up every year. I'm like, guess what? Guys are still wearing... People are still wearing their jerseys from their first Canada jersey that they they bought. They don't change it. Nobody, nobody literally goes out there all the time and buys new jerseys. Like, I can't do that. It's feasibly not possible to buy a two hundred dollars jersey every year. So it's literally like for the Olympics, they probably have like the mentality of, oh well, it's every four years, and you know trends change, and so that means we need to change our logos every year. It's like, okay, who who cares? Yeah, we just rip them even more when they change it like this new jersey i've seen a lot of people rip them for it it looks they, like they're like the usa jersey looks so much better than the canada jersey blah, blah blah like even the germany logo looks better than the canada jersey i'm like okay <clears throat> like okay calm down we don't need to get the germans involved <laughs> i still think the u.s jerseys look like soccer jerseys <laughs> The U.S. They has do, the though. perfect ones when they the ones that they used to wear, where it was like USA down the like yep. in a horizontal or you know diagonal thing, and they they kind of look like Rangers jerseys, basically. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm okay with that. That those ones at are least the best. You knew, at least you knew it was the USA. Like you didn't know it was like, oh, who's that? I guess it was <laughs> last week, and it was Boston versus Pittsburgh, and there was a little bit of like a like a jersey clash going on there that I couldn't really figure out because i think the one team i can't remember which what jerseys they're wearing but one was white and then the other one was like that like yellowy color and then it, it wasn't even the their throwbacks like the one with that has pittsburgh diagonally across the uh the, the chest which i love those are my some of my favorite jerseys um they should just keep that jersey and like pittsburgh should just keep that same with like the blues at their um the retro jerseys just use that as your regular jersey. It's better than the 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 newer version. Like the Winter Classic one, that one, the powder blue, yeah. gorgeous. Like we just the like blues have always had great jerseys. Yeah. So why don't you just keep them instead of going back to this like crappy logo with a crappy jersey color and just it looks like crap. <laughs> they should hey. go back to the jerseys like with the red in it. Those ones yeah. are nice. Well, the reverse retros like that lasted red. a year. Nobody, yeah. Like, like the reverse retros last year when it was a shortened season. Apparently, it could be something that comes back next year. 
I saw a rumor about that. Goodness. But it would be all different ones, obviously. Why? To make more money. I know. <laughs> That's because all it is now. It's just how much in Edmonton, money. Edmonton wants to bring back the... Uh, oh, please, that, that oil the drop? Oil drop. The oil drop. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting that. God, I love that jersey so much. It looks a lot like of people hated people... that jersey. Yeah, because people said it looks like a comet. It does look like a comet, but it also looks like a, just an iron oil drop. That's what it looks like. <laughs> an oil drop covered in, like, metal. It's cool. That came out in, what, like, 2004, I think? 2005? No, I think it was early. I think it was, like, 2001. Really? Oh, good. I know, I know Ryan Smith was wearing that jersey for a brief bit. Yeah. At one point, I did see that jersey in, like, a thrift shop around here. I was. I was like, "Oh, I got. I think I should you go should get snagged that." Snagged it up. I, I mean, it probably is still there because I don't think a lot of people really want that jersey. It wouldn't be there for a reason. But yeah, oh, I think that's a great jersey. I just think, yeah, we're just, you know, I don't. I don't know what guy you'd get on the back of the jersey this year if you wanted to get a Team Canada jersey. You'd probably just keep it uh, blank. <laughs> or like Devin Levi or Mason McTavish or something like that. But get like a, a World Junior one instead of getting the Team Canada one. Because then like he's also on the World... Like, you can get like Owen Power. you can reuse it in the summer. Yeah, exactly. Because they're going to play it again. Redo. Okay, so. Now we're going to go into uh, something a little bit more serious. Um, that came this week. Actually, there was two incidents that happened this week. One with Jordan Subban. And both of them are very, very very bad um, to the sport that we love. Like They're unfortunate incidences that we really don't need to uh, hear about anymore, but they still keep coming up. Um, there was the one with uh, Boko Mama in uh, the AHL where he was racially um, abused and the player ended up getting suspended 30 games for that. But the one we're going to talk about more today is the Jordan Subban one with in the ECHO, uh, Dylan. Yeah, this one's a little like weird. It's kind of like it, it. It's hard to like make a conclusive view on it because every day it seems to to change. Uh, but basically, there was like a scrum between Jordan Subban and another player I, who I, I can't remember his name. His name's like moment. Jacob Panetta. I think his name is. Yeah, Jacob. Panetta. Yeah, Jacob Panetta, and um. There was kind of like a little skirmish, and then Panetta did the like the what do you call it? <laughs> the like flexing. Flex, flex. Yeah, he flexed on him. Um, and Subban views it as um, like a racial gesture, um, which kind of set him off, understandably. Like, <laughs> um, and so he he received the penalty for the incident, and I think he he was. Was he kicked out of the game? Don't think he was. I, I assume. Whatever. Anyways, he ended up yeah. basically being, his contract was terminated um, like shortly after. And basically his career was pretty much flushed. Uh, he came out with a statement basically saying like, I didn't like intend for it to, to look like that. That wasn't my my intention i just did the the tough guy thing like that's i've done it before to to white players where 
you know, to remove the potential racial bias. Um, and it's like a Tom Wilson thing, right? Like he's done it before. Yeah. And so it's, it's turned into this whole, whole thing where now his teammates are kind of backing him and being like, yeah, like he, he's like a, this is like a stand up guy. He's not the guy to do something like that. Um, so on one hand I can be like, yeah, like racial gestures and things are totally inappropriate. Like, well, I think especially, single... especially for, especially for now, like this is, yeah, like we're like a very progressive a... world here. Like this is not, uh, unless you're like, a this piece shouldn't of be happening anymore. garbage, like you should agree that racial gestures and slurs and everything are not at all to be accepted and <laughs> should <clears throat> warrant you a significant punishment. Yeah. Um, if not like, you know, be carried through your entire life. Yeah, but this is a situation I think where things maybe got a little, um, you know, the the horse was put before the cart a little bit. Yeah, they, um, I I definitely feel like they jumped to a, a yeah. conclusion rather quick without it was, actually. It was very quick. Like in sorry, I just want to say in the the first one I just talked about the Boko Mama one, there was no video shown that one like yeah there was, no, I, there was there was no amateur video and they did and they found well they they recorded all their games but there was they did not want to show it because it was a real <laughs> racial like gesture oh, it was like, or it was it like was bad it was like only, you yeah. can't argue against it yeah so in, in 32 <laughs> thoughts in, in 32 thoughts they talked about it yes it was indisputable they talked about it and they only showed the player um boko mama that like what had happened because his back was turned and he didn't see it. Mm. So in this one where we saw amateur video of the, um, the possible racial uh, gesture of the flex or um, what people took it as and Subban possibly took it as, as being like a monkey yeah. um, gesture. So I, I think we're looking at two different things here completely because one was a, it could be, yeah, it could be misdrewed very quickly, especially by looking by the naked eye. Cause I was also like, Oh man, that's terrible. Like he's doing the, the monkey gesture. Like, don't do that. That's the worst thing you could possibly do to even any player. Like, why are you doing that? But, and then, you know, like just seeing from an outside perspective, it's really hard to, you know, just go right to the conclusion right there like oh that's racial that that's racial but i did that and i don't know if it's necessarily true yet we still don't know from jordan suban after the posts um that he made um, after the game and uh nick also said earlier that uh we want to hear the ref's perspective because they were obviously holding jordan back and same with jacob so why don't we have any evidence or conclusive you know, proof that there was any sort of racial um, gesture or, or sayings. Like, cause, yeah, the gesture, if, if he is doing the flex, that's one thing. But if he's doing something else, that's a whole different uh, whole different ballgame here. And Jacob, he actually came out with a statement on his, I think it was on his Instagram, where, like, he doesn't seem to, like, he's taking this, like, rather well like relatively speaking and like because like obviously he goes he's suspended for the rest of the season and in his 
point of view, he doesn't think he like obviously did anything. Like he didn't do that with the intent of being like racist towards Jordan Subban. But in his statement, he basically I just read it really quick because I just saw it pop up <clears throat> when I was trying to look up his name. Um he basically is saying like, Oh, I didn't intend like to have it come across as like a racist gesture. But like, I, un- I also understand how that would come across to like Jordan and his, and his brother PK and like his whole family. Cause like Malcolm. they've obviously, yeah, Malcolm and they've done, and they've, they've probably dealt with a lot of that stuff, like growing up in like, in the sport of hockey. <clears throat> so it seems he seems like I said he seems to be taking it like rather well considering what's going on. He and looked very like, sorry, sorry. He looked very distraught in the video that he recorded. Yeah, in, in the in the yeah the video. Yeah, he and did. I also just want to say that when that came out, it came out at the first intermission of uh, the Flames and Oilers game on Saturday last week, and David Amber's doing the the panel and. And uh, Hunter Ryan Singh is doing calling the game for the Oilers, and you can hear throughout the whole game, Hunter Ryan Singh's like voice is just like because he kept bringing it up throughout the game. He's like, oh, I'm I'm just so blown away that this is still happening, and um, etc. Like it's, I understand like because he was possibly or probably racially abused as a throughout his whole life. Same with David Amber. Um, again, being one of the three white guys on the podcast <laughs> we don't necessarily know a lot about any of this stuff so it's really hard to um put our perspectives on it when we haven't really gone through any of this so like I, I think i think jacob panetta said it well where he's like i what i did like i didn't intend for it to be that way but obviously like if this can be interpreted that way, then okay, maybe this is something we we shouldn't do, even yeah. though that's not the intention. Obviously, it's yeah. there's some sensitivity around it. So, yeah, yeah, like it's a teaching teaching moment. It exactly. I mean, it, it does come at the consequence of somebody's life or career, but that might be the way. Well, that's, that's my. That's the, but but that's how we find out how things are. Like that's going, kind of like my how, frustration yeah. is that yeah. like um he this happened and it was so quick like the ECHL and the team was so quick to be like yeah you're done like yeah like without doing without, like uh, like a yeah, proper with, investigation into the incident yeah and now like a week later the team like not even the team the players <clears throat> um separate from the team are saying like no, like, this is not, like, the intention behind it. Like, we don't stand behind this decision that the team and the league made. Um, so it reminds me, I mentioned this before, like, it reminds me of the Morgan Riley incident where, from, what was that, like, 2020 or yeah. 2019, where he was throwing the puck in or whatever, and he said, rag it, and people interpreted that as him saying yep. something else and it was like oh what a piece of garbage like why would you say that and morgan's basically getting like canceled and then it's like whoa 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 like hold hold the phones here everybody like yeah <laughs> this isn't 
like take a step off the ledge and like relax for a second and try and get, let's get all perspectives. And that's where like, Nick, you said you wanted to hear the refs. Like me too. Like I want to hear what the refs have to say. Like if, if he just did the flex and he didn't say anything, then that's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's deserving of this punishment. Um, but if he did that and he was like making, you know, he like said grunt, something like, along with it, or if he's making or noises like grunting, or like grunting noises or something like yeah, that, or doing something else, then like, okay, obviously, yes. yeah, like <laughs> you know what you're doing. But I think it's just a situation where Panetta kind of got caught, and it's like, whoa, 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 like I didn't, I didn't know. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> and it kind of sucks that he has to kind of pay the price for for that. Mm-hmm. Like I would hope that Jordan Subban maybe is receptive to kind of hearing his his side of it and maybe trying to understand like that he didn't mean maybe for it to be the way yeah. that he interpreted but I don't know like I I can't speak for him. Yeah. I I yeah, um, I understand that we we feel like we're just, we're missing something. It feels like it's been pushed way too quickly and way too uh, into the mainstream media already, which it did immediately. Yeah, like literally, I remember like right after it happened, it was like all over. Like my like I have separate Instagrams. Like I have a hockey one that's like just like Canuck stuff because I don't really like all that stuff being in my personal Instagram account, like on my feed. Every single post for like the first ten minutes after it happened was all about the incident. I'm like, holy crap! Like every single, um, <clears throat> every single page that I follow, it's just all about this incident. I'm like, Jesus, this is getting way out of hand. And every single headline, every single caption is, uh, Jacob, Jacob Panetta does racist gesture towards Jordan Subban. I'm like, oh. Like, none of them are, like, questioning if it's a racist gesture or not. They all just go right to that conclusion that it's a racist gesture. And I think the ECHL and the... Sorry, Ben, I didn't want to cut you off. The ECHL and the team, I think, were so quick to, like, drop the hammer because they've seen these other incidents happen. And they were like, we don't want to have, like, a PR controversy. Yeah, we just want to, like, clean up the mess as quickly as possible. but. Meanwhile, like, mm-hmm. like maybe. Im- but like, imagine uh, I'm just thinking about like uh, that. Like, if Jordan comes out and like, if like, say if Jordan comes out and says like, "Oh, yeah, he didn't like say anything. He didn't like like he didn't make any noises towards me along with the gesture. He just like did the gesture." And then imagine if he said like, "Oh, now that I think about it." And I'm not in the heat of the moment. It would. It really wasn't like because of the color of my skin. It was just him doing something that he had done multiple times to like other NHL or other hockey players that weren't that were not like black. And then imagine the ECHL kind of being like, "Oh crap, we screwed up. We dropped the hammer way too quick, and now we need to fix it." Like I could just see that becoming an even bigger mess than if like they waited to come up with like a disciplinary thing if like they if like they waited and it did come out that he did like like the gesture was like a racist thing i could just see that being a really 
big mess if like it comes out that Jordan says it wasn't racist and like then the ECHL is like oh crap. Yeah. Well, like I always look back to that one that happened in the Ukrainian hockey league where the guy literally peeled a banana. Yeah, that. And there that was, was like unequivocally no chance that that's not what it was meant to be. I mean, so. Again, I think we just have to... I, I don't know how far this story is going to go. Because I, I know there's been a lot of other uh, other leagues and famous people that have reached out to Jordan Subban. And... Uh, yeah, so it, we're, we're just going to keep it uh, keep it on the side here until everything else gets figured out. Also, we, ha- we already have the fact that his contract is terminated and um, he was suspended for the rest of the season, which it basically negates itself. Because he already con- his contract was already terminated, so it was kind of pointless. Yeah, to suspend him for the rest of the season. Um, I guess the suspension protects them. If if it was like another team was to be like, well, hey, we think there's a up. misunderstanding, so we're going to pick him up. And then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, I guess that takes out the question I, I, of it possibly being I'm a misunderstanding. He's, gonna, then. he's going to appeal or do some sort of appeal process because if it turns out that that is the case then I mean yeah. it's not deserving that you lose your lose your paychecks and stuff paychecks your life like cause somebody could recognize you on the street the people you played with your family your you know I mean it's it goes all the way down the line um yeah like when you google his name now that's, that's it. yeah the exactly only thing it doesn't even pop. It doesn't even come up with its stats. It's just everything is just this incident now. Yeah. And no, in no way are we defending his actions if he did do that. No, we're just playing devil's advocate because everybody else is literally yeah. just assuming that his his gesture was a racist one. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, another serious thing that happened over the past week was uh, Jake Vertanen being charged with sexual assault. Yeah, finally. I'm not saying like finally, um, like in a bad way. I'm just saying like this has been so a the long process. The investigation has been going on since yeah <clears throat> September last week, last year. Yeah, I think so. Like yeah, September or August. Yeah. Obviously, right now he is in the KHL, um, so they'll probably just hold on to him until basically this whole thing run, rolls over again because. He's in Russia, and everything in Russia is backwards and goes. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't end up working out, which is unfortunate for the person that was affected by this. Um, and again, another story that we have to wait and see what happens. The Reed Boucher that... thing too. If you want to. Yes. Oh yeah, the Reed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So many things. Canucks. So many. So many bad things. Go ahead, Dylan, about the Reed Boucher. Oh, well, I, all I know is that he, when he was in junior, um, he did something. There was a sexual assault that he was a part of, and then um, on, like, a young girl. And now um, he, like, basically admitted to it now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he was he was already playing in Russia, but I think... Even in Russia, they're kind of like... I think they actually like terminated his contract, too, so... Wow. 
Incredible. That, that's pretty crazy because now, like, when you look at Russia, like the KHL, you just look at and see, like, how many people are being accused of sexual assault or doing something in another country. And then they come to your country and, you know, start playing hockey again and start to try to get their life back together. And then you realize that they're actually a bad person, did some bad things in the their past. Or pretty recently, you never really know. They, they might still be doing it. We have no idea. So it's, it's been a tough week, but it's also been a good week um, in the hockey world. I mean... It was Wayne Gretzky's birthday the other day. Yeah, was, was he, is he 61 now? Yeah, Trevor Zegras scored a Michigan goal yesterday. What a shock. Didn't need, didn't need his help from Sonny Milano on that one. is going to have a heyday talking about that goal. Yeah. It's um, not good for the game. <laughs> Shut up, Tortorella, you boomer. Also, I wanted no to mention... No wonder you're last, coaching. I believe it was our last episode was the All-Star Lame episode. Yep. <laughs> All the things changed that we talked about. We, I, we, it was all us. It was literally all we us. We changed everything. <laughs> we said we wanted this. We said we wanted the old school. Oh, you know, school freaking break the targets and things. We wanted the oh. break. We wanted them to do the shootout or the breakout, <laughs> whatever thing it is. I still and remember. Happens. I still remember seeing that post. That I ended up sending in the group, and <laughs> the, the first thing it was really the first after. thing that popped up: skills competition, breakaway challenges, back, star from targets <laughs> are back, <laughs> fastest game. <laughs> like this? No, <laughs> we literally just talked about the stuff that we wanted back, and these were two of them that we wanted. Like those stupid electronic targets like yeah like i could see why they wanted to bring those in but they just didn't work we liked seeing the styrofoam targets get blown apart yeah and then, i was just gonna say that was the best part was watching them just like disintegrate exactly <laughs> and then like we wanted the breakaway challenge to come back like, the old school way where it wasn't this long thing that took forever to do because they needed like two or three players from each team to go. It's like, no, that's stupid. I saw highlights the other day from like, there's this guy on YouTube who posts like the all-star games from like the nineties. <laughs> so I saw the one from 1999 or the skills comp. And I like just kind of scrolled through it quickly. Do you remember? I totally forgot that this challenge existed, but it was like, maybe they still do it, but I haven't watched one in a long time. They set up like pylons in like a weird, like convoluted pattern. And then the player, or like it was like three or four players, it was like a relay challenge. Have to go through like the pylons, like with a puck. I remember, remember I think back in like 2017, like when they, the breakaway challenge was still there. I, I think, think that they was... replaced it. Yeah. They replaced that with the breakaway one. But that one okay, was kind so... of funny because you would see guys who are like, like they'd put like defensemen who maybe aren't like yeah. good like puck handling guys with. I like... remember, I think I remember Johnny Goudreau was at doing that event one time. That would have been like 2018 or something like that, and I think it might have been a relay, like you said. But again, yeah. like Anyways, making making just, guys totally do something. Yeah, making guys like <laughs> actually do some sort of like puck handling, or they do this every day, but they they don't do it like in front of so many people just going around a pylon. 
Yeah. So There's so many good ideas that you could have that they don't yeah, like. What about like a face off one? Like face off. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly and like Bo Ryan O'Reilly win that every year. Or like a f- <laughs> I guess you couldn't do this now, <laughs> but like it'd be the most 90s thing. Like a fighting bracket where you bring in all the tough guys <laughs> and just have like a belt. A like brawl? Give- <laughs> yeah, you could have Royal a Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> or you could have like an all-star game belt and it goes to the like winner of the winner fighting of the six bracket. Rounds of- yeah, like <laughs> Mike Tyson's punch out. That'd been great. If they ever put me in charge of All Star Game, whatever it's called, I would totally throw them these uh, these ideas in, that they would probably shoot down right away. Would it be in, Would it be in Vegas every year? Yeah, why not? Yeah, like <laughs> why is it not in Vegas every year? Like, oh, well, let's take it to Columbus. No shot at you, Columbus. I'm just saying, like, why are we taking it to Columbus? <laughs> why don't we take it to like Vegas, where or like Seattle, where there's a growing market? Here? Seattle. Talking about like, Columbus and you just transition no, no, to Seattle. I'm just saying that it's a newer market, and then you want to get more fans. But I'm saying, like Vegas is the best place to do it because Vegas, Los Angeles, New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> want to just take it up to Toronto? No. Because uh, never mind. I was going to ask a dumb question. <laughs> so now another. Other topic. Um, we're gonna move into the midseason NHL awards. Yippee! Because it's finally the middle of the season. It only took forever. Yeah, we February, literally almost. we've been talking. We've been talking about doing the midseason awards like the last two episodes because like some teams have played more than others, and then like some have played ten games. It feels like the Islanders. Um, but yeah, now like te- most teams are either like close to 41 or they're above 41. Like I think Edmonton and Calgary are still at 39, but then there are teams that are like at 46 games. Yeah. I see you dancing there, Dylan. We know that you've got games in hand on everyone above you and you're probably going to get up. They've got like eight games at hand on the ducks. Yeah, they do. The ducks have played or they have seven. The ducks played 46 and you guys have played 39. That's pretty funny. and you're only how many points are you behind? Eight. Yeah, you're eight points behind them. So you literally just need to win Slowly four of those games. Four of those games you need to win, and then you're and then you're tied with them for second Pacific. Um, yeah. Comebacks Leafs, on. The Leafs would be winning the Pacific Division right now. If. A lot of teams would be winning the Pacific Division. <laughs> Colorado will be winning. Nash will be winning. St. Louis will be winning. Minnesota will be tied. Uh, I know we don't Carol, talk about Nashville very much, but God, they're a good team this year. Yeah, thanks to Soros playing basically every single game. 37 to be exact. Speaking of yeah. Soros, he could be a... Uh... Yeah. He could be a Vesna. Speaking of Soros, we're going to start with the Vesna. Yeah, literally, he's played 37, and they and the whole team's played 45. He hasn't played in eight of their games. Or he hasn't started eight of their games, I should say. Yeah. <clears throat> Who even is their backup? It is... I always want to say Carter Hutton, but it's not Carter Hutton. Oh, it's David Riddick. Oh. Huh. What's his record? It's probably all right. He, he is 3-2-1. and one. That's all right. Um, okay, yeah, so we'll start with the Holy business. Holy crap. 
Dylan, do you want to start the Vesna? Oh, After Nick tells us what he needs to tell us. I know, I'm just looking at like his game logs, and there is so much gaps in between his games. <laughs> like it's freaking <laughs> like one one time it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games. Jesus. Well, you're the backup. Hey, Dylan, oh, go ahead. God, that's so funny. Uh, so if I had to award the Vesna today, I'd probably give it to Shesterkin. Um, the knock on him is that he hasn't played as many games as some of the other starters, but man, he's carrying that Rangers team. Um, his numbers are just so good. Um, a 207 GAA, um, 937 save percentage, 20 wins. Um, the only people with better numbers really than him are, uh, Freddie Anderson in Carolina, who's had a great redemption year. Um, Ville like Husso. Yeah, and Ville Husso, who I've honestly Jesus. not really heard of. <laughs> yeah, I, um, apparently, he's going to take Bennington's job. That's what it seems like. He already has. has. Kind of looks well, yeah, that way now. based on his numbers. He yes. has. <laughs> I don't know how far Bennington's down this list here. But um, but yeah, Shesterkin, I think... Yeah, I like watching him play. I think his numbers are great. I think that Rangers team is is where they are. They're sitting, I think, third in that division right now. Um, partly because of him. It's a really tough division that they're in. Yeah, with Calgary and Pittsburgh and stuff there, that's not an easy division. And he's Calgary. Like the Rangers. The Rangers have kind of. You mean Carolina? Yeah, okay. sorry, Carolina. I, was, <laughs> I got really I was confused like, on what Calgary. division you were talking about. Like, whether it was Calgary and Pittsburgh hell are you for half a second. About? I was like, wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. but like the the top the top four: are Carolina, Pittsburgh, Rangers, and the Capitals. Like those are all really, really good teams. Like those are all top ten teams in the league. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I'm gonna give it to Shesterkin, but there's a lot of good names, honestly, this year. Um, there's probably like five or six names you could you could arguably yeah. award it to. Nick. Um, I went with a Metropolitan goalie, and it's not Shesterkin. Um, it's not. Is it Georgiev or is it Gorgiev? Doesn't matter. It, it's that guy. The name starts with a G. No, it's not him. I'm, I think. I think they always say Gorgiev. Um, yeah. I, I went with Tristan Jari. Um, like yeah, I I can see the argument against Shesterkin because he hasn't played as many games as like. Saros and Jari and Anderson. But like if you think about it, the Rangers have two really good goalies and they don't want Shusterkin to obviously like get injured or get overworked or like have him be like just dead tired when the playoffs or like the playoff run is happening and then when the eventual playoffs happen. Um but I just think Tristan and Jari playing as many games as he has like he's second in the league for games started i think because like ben told me like there's a difference between like games played and then games started which like i kind of knew about but i was like oh oh crap i did not know that part (laughs) um but i mean he's 23 7 and 3 which is a pretty pretty good record to have he's got a Goes against average of 2.11 and a a save percentage of 926 like the save percentage isn't crazy good like uh just where it's like 937 and also one argument 
this is a dumb argument, but one argument that I have for Jari over Shisterkin is Jari has two assists and Shisterkin doesn't have any assists. So too bad. Freddie's got four. <laughs> yeah, Freddie has got four assists. Like Jesus. But like I just think um we should give a, should give a, a trophy for most goaltending assists or most goaltending points. Oh, that'd be hilarious. The Ron Hextall Award. It's like goalie, yeah, the, <laughs> goalie stick. Yeah, the Ron Hextall <laughs> Award. Or like the Pecorine Award, because I think he was the last goalie to score a goal. That's perfect. That works out perfect. I, th- I think. I could be wrong, but yeah. I'm pretty sure Pecorine no. was the last guy to score. I, no, yeah, I think I believe you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I I kind of agree with that with the statement that Dylan you said about like uh second not playing as many games as like the top guys like Saros and Jari and Freddie Anderson but I just think like the Penguins were not like the Penguins were kind of like expected to be good but I don't think pe- like people expected them to be as good as they are especially when they began the season without their arguable two best players in Crosby and Malkin and I think Jari is one of the main reasons why the Penguins are as good as they are. And I just, I just think like the the Rangers, everyone like expected them to be great, and everyone kind of expected them to be near or at the top of the Metropolitan, along with like Carolina and then like Washington. But I just think if the Penguins didn't have Jari, they would not be anywhere near the position in the standings that they're like i think they're second in the metropolitan i think right now mm-hmm. or they're tied for first technically with the hurricanes and the rangers for first with 60 points but i just like i i also didn't want to go with the obvious answer in shesterkin because i feel like everyone is in a picture shesterkin so i felt like i kind of would be the one that's like hey what about this guy but mm-hmm. I mean, I can, like, yeah, Shisterkin probably will win it if he keeps on going at the pace that he's going at, and if the Rangers keep winning as many games as they are. But I could definitely see a world where Jari could win the Vesna, or at least be in the top two or three. Hmm. That's good. Um, I really, really, really want to pick Shisterkin really badly, but I'm going to go with the guy that got Taken away last year because it was the old man award last year. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Andre Vasilevsky. Um, yeah. So with sorry, I'm just gonna go quickly into Shosturkin in there quickly. Um, I feel like yeah, he is very overlooked, and I feel that since he plays on a team with you know not as good a defense as the Tampa Bay Lightning, he. You know, deals with a lot more high danger chances. I think he believe he leads or is close to the top of the league in uh, chances or uh, expected goals against per sixty. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I think Shesterkin gets overlooked right now is because of the sample size, which you talked about, Dylan. And Vasilevsky has played thirty four games, started thirty four games, and. As a 2.25 goals against, a 9.22 save percentage, 24 and 7. I mean, he is a goalie that you want. He's always in the conversation, even though you kind of forget about him because he is that good 
I think because um, his team is so good. Yeah, exactly. And then like he has the second most starts and continues to post crazy numbers. Right. So it's you can never count the Tampa Bay Lightning out of anything, especially to go for their third Stanley Cup uh, in a row. Um. Yeah, my pick is Andre Vasilevsky just because he is an absolute great goalie, and I feel like he can just win it anyways. Every year he can win it. Yeah, and you're in, it doesn't help that you're also in love with Vasilevsky. No, no, I'm not. I just <laughs> think he's great. Yeah, no, you I, really think I want to go up against him in the first round of the playoffs? Is that what you said? Hell no. Nobody wants exactly. to go up against Tampa Bay in the first round. They're going to get well, Kucherov the Panthers, back. So it doesn't matter. So. <laughs> like, I think way, in a way... In a way, Vasilevsky benefits from just how good his team is. Yeah. Kind of like what, um, what's his name last year? Grubauer. Grubauer last year. Yeah. <laughs> like not to say that Grubauer and Vasilevsky are in the same tier. Like, I think... No, but like they they're they're two goalies that have a great team in front of them, and then all of a sudden Grubauer got put on a not so great team, and now he's got he's horrible numbers. Yeah. <laughs> his numbers are horrible. Like if we look still at making, Gord, he's still making five million. Gorgiev yeah. on the Rangers. Um, his numbers aren't great. He's seven and seven, yeah, ninety-eight save percentage, and a, basically a three goals against. Um, to me, that kind of shows like the separation between um, Shosturkin. Like it shows that he's he's a main reason why that team is winning, right? It's not like the numbers between him and his backup are are so similar. Well, it's the same yeah. thing with Tampa Bay, though, too, because I yeah. can't even tell you who the backup is for Tampa yeah. Bay. Yeah, they don't even have... I think it's Brian Elliott. Still. <laughs> Matthew Garon is still the backup. <laughs> Tom Barrasso's backing up tonight. I think I as mean, the season progresses and the Rangers, like, they're still fighting for a playoff spot and, like, a division win, um, I think we'll see Schuster can get more, a lot more starts than he was at the start of the year, um, I mean, which could kind of end that argument. I mean, if y'all want to talk about backup goalies, Jesus, Pittsburgh, they're yeah. uh, <laughs> Casey DeSmith. He's played nine games. He started all nine, three, three, and one, three fifty-seven goals against an eight eighty-six save percentage. Yikers! Mm-hmm. That's horrible. So you want to talk about? You want to talk about discrepancy between backup and yeah, starter? It's even worse. Well, it just shows you that all the goalies that we picked all have terrible backups <laughs> this year. Or, or that they're the main reason why their team is as good as they are. Because if they didn't have them, they'd be they'd be screwed. Mm-hmm. Especially if they had to rely on their backup goalies. It is the last line of defense. No, the posts are in crossbar. Nope. If you're Flurry, who is in love with his posts, I mean, you kind of have to be to be playing in the lead this long. You, you got three Stanley oh, Cups. I think you love the post too. You really do. Um. So yeah. Next, we're gonna move on to uh, Norris. Oh. Mm. Who do I want to pick? <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say because mine's the obvious one. I I pick Kel McCarr. Um, <laughs> no, really? Wow. <laughs> What a shock. What do you mean, what a shock? I didn't pick him last I'm joking. year. joking. It was total sarcasm. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think 
I think this this year is his year. Like Adam Fox had his year his year last year, and yeah, he's doing pretty much the same thing this year. He's to the tops in defensive points again, but uh, Bakar also hasn't played as many games, and he's and he's over a point per game. He's at, he's at like four. I think he's forty one points in thirty seven games, and he also has seventeen goals. Like Jesus, he's almost got twenty goals. Um, but like Colorado, just as a whole, they're arguably one of the hottest teams right now they're playing some really really good hockey and Kale McCarr is a big part of that like obviously they have other guys like they got McKinnon, Landis Cog, Ranton, and Kadri but Kale McCarr he I think in terms of like him putting up goals and assists and points and just like uh, the value that he has to his team I think I think he's been the arguably the best defenseman I think he has been the best defenseman this year and I would I would pick him this year just because, like, if you if you're gonna pick Adam Fox just because of his points, like you gotta think of um, the fact that he won it last year, and it's like people, unless your name is like Austin Matthews, and you want and they pick you for the cover of NHL every single year. Now it seems like I I like to pick unless like it's clear and obvious, like you're McDavid or Drysital or. You're like Vasilevsky, even though they don't like picking for the Vesna every year. But I like to see someone different every like every year, especially if like someone deserved to win it one year, but they didn't win it because like they didn't play enough games or something like that, or their team was horrible and their stats just don't mean anything. Like I think this year is like Kale McCarr's year to like I guess you could say finally win the Norris because he could have won it last year. Dylan? Um, so I feel like I'm going to go a little bit off the board. Oh, Lord. Aaron Eckblad. No, like if you look at defensemen, like there's a, quite a few names there you could throw. Like you picked yeah. a who I think is, I think he'll get it. Um, there's Adam Fox, who's like on a tear. Victor Hedman still looks great. Yossi still looks great. Um, Eckblad, I think is a good name. The, the name I'm going to throw out there is a never, another avalanche player. Um, I'm going to throw it Devontae's because I think <laughs> the knock on the Norris trophy is always that it goes to the, it goes to the, whoever leads defenseman in points goes to the Pretty offense. Much. Pretty much. This guy to me, like he's, I think he's like almost the perfect two way defenseman. Um, he's got 32 points in 30 games. So he's over a point per game right now. Um, he's eighth in the NHL in defenseman ice time, averaging over 25 minutes a game. Um, he gets power play time, and he also gets, um, what is he here? He's ninth in shorthanded time. Um, so penalty kill. The other wow. names on the penalty kill, the top penalty kill guys, it's names like Ben Sherratt, Nick Holden, Derek Forbert. Um, Derek Forbert, what? Jacob Slavin. So it's other guys who are who are good, but they're not Norris level guys. Devontae is like this is a this is a two way defenseman. Like this is a defenseman. He cares about you know he can move the puck offensively and contribute on the power play, um, but this is a guy who who's also defense first. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Devontae's out there. Underrated uh, guy. I'm I'm not gonna lie there, Dylan. As a as a hockey player that plays defense and more so 
cared about the defensive side of hockey rather than offense, I really like your pick there. Thanks. Well, <laughs> okay. Oh, great. Here comes Morgan Riley from... <laughs> <laughs> no way. I mean, he's been he playing very seven. well. He is seven in defenseman well. points. So, I mean... I, I mean, there's there's a bunch ahead of him, though. That, I mean, Chris Letang's obviously ahead of him. That's, that's it. Chris Letang is another name I thought of. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to stay on the board. <laughs> I'm going to pick Vasilevsky's teammate, Victor Hedman. I he's again another guy that you can put up there every single year. Um, he plays both sides of the puck, so he's a uh, offensive when he gets the chance, and he's defensive, and he's defensive when you know they run four D one night against the the Kings, and also on the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast they talk about that and how excited he was to play four D. That night, I think he played over. I think it was twenty-seven minutes, twenty-eight minutes, and he's a he's a guy that always plays over at least twenty-three, twenty-four minutes a night. Yeah, he averages. He averages just over twenty-five. So there you go. Um. So I, I couldn't even imagine if like they went down to three D or somebody else got hurt in that game. He would have probably loved it even more. So yeah, my picks: Victor Hedman. That's it. I, I think he could win it every year. Yeah, I mean, he's a good pick. I mean, to be honest, when I heard I'm going to go off the board, I thought Dylan, I thought you were going to say but freaking like Tony D'Angelo or something like that. He's been playing I was like, oh. I mean, no. like, to be there's fair, a reason, though, there's a reason Tyson Berry didn't get any nominations for this. <laughs> oh, Mr. Shoot, shoot the puck into the shins guy. I mean, Devontae's is 10th in points. It's not like he's that. Well, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, no your, your explanation was good. No. Hey, as someone who really cares about defense, and, like, I still think that they need to change the Norris or make another award for just defense, like a defensive defenseman, like name it the Nick Lidstrom Award or something like that. I think that's a great pick. It's not going to happen, but it's a great pick for, like, what defensemen... Like that word is all about. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely, I definitely really like that pick. I was, I was really scared at first when you said, I'm gonna "He's on an absolute steal of a contract too." Yeah, his contract's crazy good. Four point one million for like the next two or three years. Yeah, I always Colorado's get him gotta in win the... it. They gotta win it in the next couple of years. They have to. If not, they're screwed. Uh, I guess we're going to move on to the Calder. I mean, there's a few names there. There's one guy that keeps scoring all these crazy goals. There's uh, two on the same team, one a forward, one a defenseman. Yeah. Who are you going to pick, Dylan? Uh, hmm. it's, it's hard tough, not right? to pick Zegers just because I think... He's kind of like Kaprizov last year where he's exciting and he's fun to watch. And I think that's that's worth something. Okay. Um, Are you still thinking about yours? Because I'm just going to pick the obvious one. Go ahead. Okay, well, I'm picking Lucas Raymond. Um, yes, Trevor Zegers is a very exciting and flashy player, but 
I just think in terms of like rookies this year, I think I think Lucas Raymond has been the best rookie. Like he leads the he leads all rookies in points. He leads all rookies in assists. He's got thirty four points, eleven goals, twenty three assists. I think he's two back for goals. I think uh, Zegers has twelve, and then someone I can't remember who has thirteen. So I don't remember who has thirteen goals. I can't remember who it is, but do you think Janot? Yeah, Janot. He he could he could rise up and be in that top three if he's not already in the top three. But um. I think Raymond, along with uh, like uh, Cider, who is the other uh, rookie, and then also if you want to throw in Nadalkovich under the stupid rookie terms, he's still a rookie. Um, the Red Wings have they were very surprising in the beginning of the season, like when them and Buffalo were in like the top four in their division, and they were winning a bunch of games that they probably shouldn't have been winning because all the teams were just like, yeah, these teams suck. We're just going to go in there and kick the crap out of them. And then all of a sudden, they lose those games. It's like, holy crap, we need to take these guys seriously now. But then, like, I think when we were talking about a, a while ago, like like maybe four or five podcasts ago, when the Buffalo and uh, Red Wings were like kind of falling off a bit, we were all like, yeah, we kind of expected this. Like, they weren't going to be able to keep it up. But, but yeah, like, uh, Raymond Sider and Adagovich have r- realistically been the only reason why you would want to watch Red Wings games, unless you like Dylan Larkin and maybe uh, Tyler, Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, I like Dylan Larkin. Yeah, Dylan Larkin, if he wasn't on that team, man, he would get so much more recognition from the mainstream yeah. media. Um, but I think Raymond just has been the best rookie so far like yeah he's not the flashiest guy he like uh, i rarely have seen highlight packages of him like actually like scoring these goals like like zegris obviously doing the michigan assist and then uh it was the last night he did the michigan goal or the two nights ago it was last night yeah it's last Montreal. night yeah freaking oh yeah also side note every single michigan goal has been scored against Canadian teams just saying freaking crap um but yeah, I just think Raymond's been the best rookie so far. I, if I were to give the award right now, I'd give it to him for sure. I would think about Zegris, but I, I don't, I don't really like giving flashy players awards when other people deserve it a bit more than them. Because like Raymond's also putting up points on a team that really isn't that great. Anaheim is a really good team, at least. They're, they're kind of, really they're kind of, right now. They're kind of trailing off a little bit now, but yeah, now they are. I understand I still, what you're saying, uh, but yeah, I just, I just don't, I just can't give it to Zegers unless he like goes on an absolute tear and has like a big point streak or a goal streak or just something, something like that. I just, I just got, I got to give it to Raymond if we were giving out the award right now, just based off like the team he plays on, the players that they have. And then, like, how many points he has on that team? I'm gonna say his teammate Maurice Sider. Just because I'd love to see a D win the Calder. A D. <laughs> um, defenseman. He's top twenty in points for a defenseman. Um, he's a freaking horse. He's their all situations guy, 
and that's you know coming off you know just coming out of the minors and being slowly developed um like i don't even really need to go that much farther because nick just described detroit of how i think that they should be described like they're good at the beginning <laughs> of the season and then they've kind of fallen off and the only reason yeah, no. they really watch them is there's about four or five players that you really want to watch on that team yeah, now they're like pretty mediocre, borderline below average in terms of like their record and all that. But yeah, him and him and Raymond, Cider and Raymond, both either win it. Also Zegras, so it's kind of a toss up for this one. But I'm gonna go with Cider. There's Troy Terry too, right? Is he a rookie? Uh no, no. I think so he's. I think he's. This is either his sophomore season or it's his third year. Unless I'm just completely stupid, and it's like his fifth year in the NHL. Uh, let me. Well, never mind then. <laughs> let me check. You guys if Troy Terry was heart. a rookie, if Troy Terry was a rookie, he would definitely be the top guy right now. Like not even, not even, not even close. Uh, oh shit! He's played like five seasons. <laughs> yeah, he, actually... he was drafted. <laughs> he's been playing since 2018. Holy crap! He's. Oh wait, no, never mind. That's wrong. Wrong one. He started playing in the NHL in 2018. Yeah, 32. Yeah. He was drafted in 2015. Jesus. He freaking has more goals this year than he's had points the last three seasons. Last year, he had 20 points. The year before, 15. The year before that, 13. He had 24 goals this year. Where the hell did this guy come from? <laughs> Jesus. He's from right. Denver. He is from Denver. Wow. All right, let's move into the one that... Oh, Olympics. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Ben, what? Ben, Dylan what? needs to say who his is. He did, oh, I said... Zegers. Uh, Zegers. Yeah, like... I thought you said... I thought you said you were, you were like, figuring out who was... Who well, was. I was kind of humming and hawing, but, like, I'm going to say Zegers for all the reasons you didn't say Zegers. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think the flashy... The flashy, like, marketability of him, like, I think that means something. And, like... <laughs> I think to, um, yeah, like you hear about him in the highlight reels, I think a lot more than, than Lucas Raymond and Raymond, I think he is doing really, really well on a not very good team. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I think there's, there's something to a guy. Yeah. Being flashy. <laughs> there's a reason everybody loves Ovi. There's a reason Ovi won the Rookie of the Year over Crosby in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we'll move into a guy. The speaking of Ovechkin, Osby could win this award. Hart. Um, Nick, who is your pick for the Hart at this midseason? Well, you just mentioned his name. I think we mentioned uh, his name twice. Two, both of us mentioned his name there for. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Ovechkin. I think what he's doing at his age and the way he's doing it as well, like not just scoring goals, but also putting up assists as well. Like normally, normally he has like, what do we, what do we call it? Like 40, 50 goals, we'll call it average. And then he'll have like maybe like, what, 30 assists, something like that. Not even, not even so, that. I'd say yeah, probably like, between like 15 to 20. Yeah, exactly. But this year, he has the same amount of goals as assists. Like he's got twenty nine goals and twenty nine assists. He's got fifty eight points in forty four games. I really thought that 
like the this award would be dominated by like oh McDavid and Drysaddle, but like looking at like like the records of each team, I'm like I can't pick Drysaddle and McDavid with the records that the Oilers have right now. Like I know they haven't played like as many games as like uh they haven't like they've only played 39 and like Anaheim's played 46. Like obviously they haven't obviously played enough, so they don't have as much points, and their records aren't really accurate in terms of how many games that they play compared to other teams. But I think Ovechkin, like, um, if you look at the Capitals' points, like, for their team as a whole, like, it's Ovechkin with 58. And then, like, I think, I'm pretty sure the next best is Kuznetsov at, like, 41. And then Carlson's at, like, 32, Wilson 29. And then after that, everyone is in the teens. So, like, he is by far the like that guy he is that guy in washington like he he's got 17 more points than the next best player kuznetsov and he's only played three more games than kuznetsov like i just think he's like he's doing this at freaking 36 years old and he's a goal scorer and he's got as many assists as goals and his and washington has been like i guess you can call them a surprising team because we didn't think that they were going to be up there in the Metropolitan for, like, the top end. Like, we knew that they were going to be in the playoffs, but we didn't think that they would be on par with, like, the Rangers and the Hurricanes. Because, like, I'm I pretty wanna... sure... Right, sorry, go ahead. Finish. Well, finish I, was, I was just going to say, in our season prediction, I'm pretty sure we, none of us, or most of us, didn't have Washington in the top two or top Only three. Only one guy here had Washington... <laughs> Ooh. Well, technically they're fourth me. right now. Technically, they're fourth right now, but like obviously, like Carolina hasn't played as many games as any as like the Rangers and Penguins and the Capitals. But yeah, I just think it's just incredible what Ovechkin is doing at his age and the way he's doing it. Like you could, like yeah, you could see him like maybe not putting up as many goals just because he's like maybe trying to like be more of like a playmaker at his age. But he's like got the same amount of goals as assists. Like he's got twenty nine and twenty nine in forty four games. He's got fifty points in forty four games on a really good team. And I just think like the the drop off in points from like Ovechkin down to the second best in Kuznetsov. I just think that's insane. Like fifty eight to set to forty one. Like that's just that's just crazy to me. But yeah, I would definitely pick him for the heart right now as like the most viable player to. For, for his team and in the league. I will piggyback on top and I will join you. Tell you. With Alex Ovechkin. Um, I'm just going to add just a couple more things. Yeah, his age, he's leading the NHL, or was leading the NHL in goals um, until Chris Kreider now has 30. Um, he scored 20% of the Capitals' goals this year. Oh my God. And he's carried this team because, you know, Realized that Backstrom was literally out for, I believe, the 35 of these games or 30 of these games. So, and he's his, you know, he's the playmaker. So that's why I think Ovechkin's kind of had to change his game this year a little bit other than the past um, to, you know, complement his other teammates rather than, you know, just having Backstrom out there uh, the entire time and feeding him the puck, which he still gets fed the puck a bunch. Standing in his lonesome spot, especially on that power play, <laughs> but he still rips it, and 
I can't wait to see him break Gretzky's record. Yeah, Backstrom's only played 11 games. Yep. That's crazy. Dylan, who are you going to um, pick, Leon or Connor? No, <laughs> no I'm not. So, like, Connor they were running out. away with it. They were running away with it in the first quarter of the season. Oh, um, 100%. Through that slump, they kind of came back to earth, and I think with them having won it before, I would say the expectations are pretty high on them. So I'm going to go with a guy who I would say for the last like three or four seasons has been super underrated in the NHL. Um, say, doesn't say seem yes. to get enough attention. I'm going to go with Jonathan Huberto. Yes. Yeah. This is a guy yes. drafted third overall, like 10 years ago. Um, never really, never really broke out until 2018, 2019 um, when he had 90 points, 92 points. This year he's got 59 in 44 games. Um, kind of similar arguments to to Ovi's, just not quite as much goal scoring. Um, Alexander Barkov mi- mix, ugh, missed a, a chunk of the season. He missed about 13, 14 games. Um, and the separation between Huberto and the next player is 59 points versus 39 points. So... A few more than than Ovi's, and that player is Aaron Ekblad. So the next forward has thirty-seven <laughs> points. Yeah, the next forward is Sam Reinhart with thirty-seven, and then Sasha Barkov with thirty-six. Sorry, um, can you can you tell me where Sam Bennett is in that? Sam Bennett is, I think, one, two, three, seventh in scoring. He's got twenty-eight points. I think 20 he has goals. twenty. He has twenty goals this year. Twenty goals, eight assists. <laughs> Good job, Sam. Yeah, Jonathan Huberto just killing it. That Florida team is killing it, despite um, the whole John or uh, Joe. I can't talk today. The whole Joel Quinville thing. uh, Yeah, that I think that whole thing with like them like firing or no? Did he get fired? He resigned. I always forget. Yeah, he resigned. The him resigning and like he's a. I think we can all agree that he's a damn good coach. Like when he was with the Blackhawks and they were winning cups, obviously there was the other bad stuff going on in 2010, but like still you can't, you can't really argue against him being a good coach. Like he's won cups and he's been on some great teams. I, I really thought, I don't remember if, if we mentioned, but um, when, when it happened, but like, I honestly thought that the Panthers were kind of going to fall off a bit after they, after Quenville resigned and then they had to have a new head coach, I really thought that they were going to fall off a little bit. Like, not obviously, like, crazy. Like, they were going to go on, like, a crazy losing streak. Like, the Flyers have 10, have two 10-game losing streaks this season. Like, they're, I still they're, think that's they're losing crazy. 13 games. They've lost 13 games in a row. Yeah. No. But they've had, that's I still crazy. find it crazy. They've had two, <laughs> two 10-game losing streaks. Two. Yeah. This season. Like what the hell's wrong with them? And they do that they again, were... like five years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were supposed to be one of the best teams in their division, and they're horrible again. And Carter Hart is horrible again. He's screwed. he has no but... defense. Don't don't blame Carter Hart when you have no defense. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, but... Go back to Joel Quenville. But, go on this but like, I still, I still, I still can't believe like they are. I'm pretty sure they're the best team in the league in terms of points. Unless I'm incorrect, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they have 65, and then Colorado 63, 63. Yeah, 
So they're oh, the best. Th- pass them, but yeah, they they once they catch up to Florida for games played, yeah, they'll they'll pass them both. Okay, then I'll say they are one of the top teams in the league, and I definitely agree with Dylan that he is easily one of the most underrated players in the entire NHL. I don't care what anybody says. I think he gets like I don't even know if he gets overshadowed by Barco because Barco is underrated too. Like he was. Last year, he was like top, but I don't even remember. I think he was either top five or top six or seven in points, and nobody was talking about him at all, like ever. But then again, they, like, like this year, Huberto is playing some unreal hockey on a on a damn good team. But yeah, I I really like that pick, and I definitely think you could go. Right now, you could either go with Huberto or Ovechkin because like they both. Are similar in points. Like Hero is fifty nine and Ovechkin has fifty eight. Like they're neck and neck. I, uh, I, I just don't know. I think, I think Ovechkin. That's why it's the mid season awards. It's not the. Uh, it's not the. Yeah. <laughs> like I just damn. A lot of stuff to, can change in the last half of the season. It, exactly. So. I just find it so hard to pick against Ovechkin right now, just because of how much he's had to change his game. Because like, yeah, he doesn't have his playmaker in back from there. And like he is not known as like a playmaker. He's known as a goal scorer. Sit at the top of the left left dot on the power play and just bomb one timers in the back of the net. Um, also, but, I also want to just say with that Florida team, their goaltending this year has been phenomenal. Yeah, like don't, Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight don't, kind of don't bring, back and don't, forth. We see. Can you please not what? bring that up when I what, dropped? I dropped Bobrovsky when he was on a bad losing streak, and now he's like the the yeah. sixth or seventh best goalie in fantasy. So right now, Bob is back. Yeah, he he he's is back on the case. I feel so. I feel so it's all good, good and for fun. him. Like I feel really good for uh, Bobrovsky because he was so damn good in Columbus. He was so good, and then he, he went to Vesnas. Florida. He two Vesnas. And then he goes to Florida and gets a huge contract. And then he just plays like garbage for like the first, what, like, was it like two, like three seasons? Two or three years. Yeah, two yeah, or three, three seasons, years. yeah. But yeah, it's just so, it's just so nice to see now that like he's back. Well, I won't say back to Vesna caliber, but he's at least back to being like an, a, a very above average NHL goalie right now. Yeah. I hope that Florida team goes all the way just to see Joe. I really Joe hope go. they don't. I hope the Leafs just beat them in the first round. No, but... I want to see Joe get the cup. <laughs> no, okay, I don't. <laughs> Leafs he got the cup last year if he actually wanted to make it past the first round. No, they wanted to make a documentary about how they are just... Yeah, I know they wanted to make a documentary. <laughs> By the way, tonight is uh, on... What is it today? The 28th? Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, Jersey Retirement. Oh, hell yeah. Um, congrats. He's I was going to mention that. Like, how lucky are the Rangers to go right from Lundqvist? Yeah, I know. They're, they're really lucky. <laughs> well, that's um, just like the freaking Canucks going from Markstrom to Demko. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the. No, I, no I know. I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up our midseason awards. At least for like the, ma- the major awards, yeah, the not major like those We're not gonna, other. Yeah, we'll talk about no. those when the season's done. Yeah, and we'll see uh, whose picks come out on top. Definitely mine. 
I mean, he's he's kind of he's kind he's an ass, and he's dumb. He's a dumbass. All right, now moving on to our last and always the I think the most fun segment on our show. Oh yeah, uh, the dead fuck dumbass segment. And boy, was there a lot of dumbasses this week. <laughs> At least a lot of a lot of very. There's a lot of ones. yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm gonna go last. So Dylan or Nick, whoever wants I'll, to start, can go. I'll ahead. I'll, I'll go first, just because mine okay. mine involves a former leaf, and it's oh, that's it's, well, that's everybody. So you can I I can't even tell you who it is. No, it's a notable leaf. Um, what unnotable uh, or notable? No, notable. Okay. It's someone that we talked about today, um, Nazim Kadri. Um, so I don't remember. I think Dylan. I think you. I think you may know which one I'm talking about, just based off the laugh. Um, the Avalanche were playing the Ducks. I don't remember how long ago. I think it was like a week ago. I didn't. I didn't really care to write down the day. I just remember seeing a highlight of it, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget about it. Um, so the Avalanche were playing the Ducks, and Nazim Kadri tried to draw a penalty against the Ducks. So what he did was he grabbed Ryan Getzloff's stick and intentionally hit himself in the face with it. Like that freaking Ben, you remember the, your, the, I don't remember what kind of uh, game it was, but like Brazil was playing some team and then a guy hit himself in the face with the other guy's hand. Okay. So that was, I don't even know who that was. I, I think I remember who it is, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's he grabbed pretty... the guy's arm and hit him in the face with it. Yeah, that's pretty much what Kadri did was Ketzlaff's stick. <laughs> but the funniest thing about that was there was no penalty on the on the play, obviously. Um, and I just thought it was hilarious just because like, it's freaking like, like Kadri just, he's such a, he can be such a dumbass sometimes. Like, he... you know, He's very good at drawing penalties, but there came a point like, when he was on the Leafs because he had the most drawn penalties, I think, for like three straight years. Yeah. And there came a point where you're like, okay, you're really reaching for these. You need to ease up on these well, this, know, drawing, drawing of the penalties. And this, this, this is the one, top. This is, you know, the this, crop of it. <laughs> this one was a reach for sure. Like, he literally <laughs> just grabs his stick and just hits himself in the face <laughs> and then looks at the ref like, what the hell are you doing? Call the penalty. But yeah, I, 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 when I saw that, I'm like, oh well, there's my, uh, there's my there contribution. <laughs> Go ahead, Dylan. All right, so I'm gonna give mine. <laughs> mine might be to a dumbass. It might be, he might not be dumb, but who knows? Um, I'm gonna give mine to an Ottawa Senators fan named Mason Cohn. I hope I'm saying <laughs> that right. Okay. Not sure if you guys heard about this, um, but this guy is a big-time Sens fan, um, and his favorite player is Josh Norris. And oh, so yeah. He, <laughs> no, he sent him know. a DM. I, I haven't heard about this. He, he sent him a DM on Instagram saying, if I get a life-size tattoo of your face on my stomach, can you send me an autographed jersey? And Norris responded later saying, absolutely. I just need proof that it's a real tattoo. Oh, it's a real. I actually, you know what? I got confused with the F one driver there for a second because I didn't realize I didn't read the article or I didn't read the post. 
and I thought it was like Lando Norris, like the F1 driver. And I'm like, nope, it's Josh. Nope, Norris. it's Josh. Josh Norris. So this guy did it. That's he lives ridiculous. in Oregon and says he was visiting was visiting Poland when he watched the Senators game against uh, the Lightning. So and it wasn't random. a memorable game, so he sent the message because they lost to Tampa. Um, immediately, he went out to a local <laughs> tattoo shop and got a. Uh, it doesn't look very good. But... <laughs> it's not even yeah. small. It's a massive tattoo. Hey, he said life size, and he he stuck to his word. He got a life size face tattoo of Josh. He literally could have got one on his arm and still got an autographed jersey, probably. And he got it on his belly, and Josh Norris gave him an autographed jersey for it. So maybe he's really dumb because he got a really stupid tattoo on his chest, or maybe he's but... really. Because it worked out. He got I can't the wait till that guy gets older. I exactly. can't wait till that guy gets older and tells the already, his like, the guy grandchildren looks, the story. He, he already looks old. Like, he looks like he's like 40 or 50 years old. No, but I'm talking like old. Like old. 80 or 90. I'm talking when you can't even see his face anymore. That's what it's going to be like. <laughs> like, who's that on your chest, Grandpa? And it's like, ah, I can't tell you. I, I don't know who it is anymore. I can't remember the story. When he gets old and he gets a big beer belly, it's just going to be like... It's just stretched like a balloon. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I saw it briefly and I'm like, man, that doesn't look anything like Lando Norris. I totally... I was like, oh, Josh, man. Josh Norris. <laughs> I totally forgot that. I remember reading that today on my break at work. I was like, holy crap, that's actually hilarious that that actually happened. Wow. <sighs> Oh. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna finish off our segment with uh, a guy who ended up getting suspended three games and hurting being a dumbass, player, being a dumbass, <laughs> and hurting the player. Okay, when you when you're done, I want to. But, but my but my dumbass comes with a question after it. Ooh. Okay. So, finds Aaron Dell. Not, it's not surprising. <laughs> and uh, he basically set a, a hard pick. But Drake Batherson was going to follow the guy around the net with the puck. I assume that a lot of you have already seen it everywhere. And he steps out of the crease and drops his shoulder on him a little bit. And Batherson goes awkwardly into the boards and uh, now he has an, I think it's a high ankle sprain, and he's going to yeah. be out two to three months. And he was going to go to the All-Star game, which just rubs more salt in the wound. So, yeah, that was a dumbass play. Also this season already, or it was, it was this season as well, I think it was against Nashville, where he went out there and hit the yeah. player as well. Yeah, he went so, to the boards, like way out on like the left side of the boards, like yeah almost near the hash marks. And I don't remember who he hit, but he hit someone. It didn't, it didn't like obviously result in an injury or anything like that. Yeah. Even, even before, like in past seasons, he's also done this as well. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a reoccurring yeah, it's, thing. Exactly. So yeah, he's the dumbass. My question <laughs> is our goalies fair game. Outside of the crease you're talking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, in the crease. In the crease. In the crease. Just, everywhere. Just run them over. 
but back in the 80s and I mean, they, 70s and they 60s when run there were no rules anyways. in the NHL. Just screw it. Let's go back to 60s hockey. Time. 60s hockey. Let's go back to then. Freaking just run everyone. Go freaking fight the coach. Go fight the refs. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, it's a tough. I think I think it is. I think it, it's a, it's about time. You think it's about time? I mean, goalies wear the most padding. I mean, it it would kind of make sense, but then you're gonna get the one time where like a goalie goes out to play the puck, like a high tier goalie like Shesterkin or like Jari or Freddie Anderson or Demko or Campbell. They're gonna like go to play the puck like either behind the net or just outside the crease, and they're just gonna get run over by some big mother you know what and like tom like tom wilson or like uh matt martin just someone's gonna run the goalie and then he's gonna get hurt and then people are gonna be like should we have allowed the rule to like allow players to hit the goalie when they leave the crease this is what i'm saying like when i'm saying fair game i'm saying like if somebody's gonna try to set a pick on you like you, you can, can hit drive them, back. them into the ground. Okay. Like, you're, like, like I'm not saying like, hey, like any time that the goalie steps out of the crease, just freaking run him. Yeah, run him. <laughs> <laughs> just, just run him. <laughs> so all I do is picture that Milan Lucic, Ryan Miller fiasco. Uh, I also, like I also pictured um, Alex Edler running Mike Smith. Yeah. So I mean, you look at like goalies are nuts. We don't we don't focus on the fact that most goalies are just psychotic. Goalies are freaking insane. So like, have you seen Hello like, Books? Have you seen Hello Books like pregame stuff where he was like moving his eyes all around the ice? I'm like, what the yeah. hell are you doing, dude? You look like a freaking psychopath. He's getting ready. Yeah, so I, I think to a point, there comes a point where like the goalie is fair game in the way that like if you're gonna try to hit somebody, like if you're gonna go out for the puck hit somebody as the goalie you can get hit back that's the that's the fine line that they have to walk and you know how good the nhl is at walking that fine line sure yeah so yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's my dumbass. you got suspended three games what an idiot now they have no goalies well <laughs> yeah, they don't have any goalies i just saw a thing on score that said Luongo might come out of retirement to play for the Buffalo Sabres because they yeah, have no goalies. Right. You should get David Ayers to play. Yes. I don't think he can do that. He works for the Panthers. Yeah, he, <laughs> I don't think he could. Well, that's what he said, but I'm just saying. They have to get their goalie coach to play. E-Bugs, E-Bug. Okay, well, I'm just, I just want to say... E-bugs. I just want to... I just want to ask one question before we... before, I guess, we wrap up the whole thing. Um, if, um, if the player didn't get hurt, it would this be made as big a deal as it is, or is it only because he got hurt? I don't even think the fact that he even got hurt was a big issue. I think the fact that he was just picked and then just like knocked down. It was just kind of a cheap play. Yeah, it was like, you didn't have to do that. (laughs) But yeah, also the injury did have a little bit to play with it but even if he went to the board sideways and then just ended up playing the rest of the game i don't think he wouldn't have got suspended no Maybe. i mean he might have only got a game he might have got i a game. i honestly don't think he would have gotten suspended to be honest i think because Again, of the this, injury he would have got fined he, got suspended. he would have got fined yeah he would have gotten fined for whatever the hell Setting the picks. nhl would come up 
rule. He wasn't even a pick. He full on shoulder checked him. Well, but he, but he, he started like in the way out of, of the crease. Yeah, he, he, he basically <laughs> yeah drop him. That's my best driving. way to describe what it is: is a pick, but like a hard pick with a shoulder. <laughs> he basically just shoulder checked him. Yeah, was not he was not ready for it. No, not at all. This is where we're gonna another episode done, wrapping it up. Um, please uh, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can also rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now. I just found out the other day. Um, if you could do that, that'd be fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next one. See you in a bit.